a short episode on galaxies with Daniel T. Andreasen on episode 338 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. I'm Chris and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers that love looking up at the night sky. And this podcast is for anybody who likes going out under the stars or galaxies. So today we're going to talk about galaxies and welcome back to the show. Daniel, we appreciate you setting up these notes for us. Excited for this one. Yeah. Hello, everyone. So this is one of our uh, episodes in our series of shorts that you kindly curated for us. And looks like we're going to start with the Milky Way galaxy. So what is the Milky Way galaxy? What type of galaxy it is? And how can we see it? Yes. Actually, I always joke when people ask, can we see the Milky Way? I say it's difficult not to because everything we see almost is the Milky Way. Uh, the Milky Way is the galaxy that we are part of. Um, but I know what people mean when they ask if we can see the Milky Way. This is the, the stripe of, of her. It looks like spilled milk, right? Yeah. Over the, the night sky. Mm -hmm. and, and we need uh, slightly darker uh, places to, to be able to see the Milky Way. But people should definitely try to look for it. And, and with a good pair of binoculars, it's easy to see. Mm -hmm. You know, I it, like I'm, I'm glad you introduced it that way, Daniel, of it's hard not to see. Um, one of the things that was like a big aha moment for me in my astronomical journey was when I learned that basically, as you stated, everything you see in the night sky is just our galaxy and not the universe in its entirety <laughs> kind of blew my mind that, you know, uh, that's really all we're seeing. And it really helps put things, I think, into context and help understand a little bit of scale of not just our galaxy, but a bit of the universe too. So I, lo I love how you position that. Exactly. And and this is one of the things that fascinates me the most about astronomy, because everything is just so enormous that it's, mm -hmm. it's mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I studied astronomy for many years in order to understand these huge numbers and and I don't, <laughs> but now I learned to live with it. <laughs> but um, a little bit about which kind of galaxy that our Milky Way is, our galaxy. It's a typical spiral galaxy. Um, and we have seen photos of, of other spiral galaxies or even with our, with our telescopes, for example, M101 is a pretty good example. And um, we don't have a photo of the of the Milky Way with all the spiral arms and everything because we're part of it. It's kind of like standing in the middle of a house and trying to get a picture of of how the house looks from the street. It's just impossible. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to look at other galaxies in order to understand our own. Um, anyway. We are able to see our our own galaxy, the the Milky Way, and and a uh, uh, spiral galaxy has uh, the the central part, which is called the the bulge, where there are a lot of stars and gas. And typically, in the center of of any galaxy, also our own, there is a what we call a supermassive black hole, which weighs millions times the the mass of the sun. And I hope that people don't get worried. This is completely normal for all galaxies. We're not going to be sucked into this huge, massive black hole. Um, this is just part of galaxies and they're actually holding them together. But around this bulge, we have these spiral arms and our sun is in one of these, uh, these spiral arms um, sitting some distance from the, from the center. And 
Before moving on, I would like to talk a little bit about distances and sizes in, in galaxies. Usually when we talk about galaxies, we use something called kiloparsec. And one parsec is a little more than three light years. And remember that there are around eight and a half light minute to the sun and around four light years to the near star. So when we talk about kiloparsec, it's thousands of parsecs uh, or thousands of light years, uh, which are just enormous scales. And this is just within our, our galaxy. And uh, the bulge, which is part of the, the center of the galaxy, is a few kiloparsec in, in size. And then we have the, the disk where we have the spiral arms um, seen from edge on, actually. Maybe I should say that a spiral galaxy is, is rather flat. And, and from up top, it's, it looks like a, a, a huge disk with the spiral arms. And the, the radius of the disk of our uh, Milky Way is, is around 15 uh, kiloparsec where the sun is around halfway from the center at about eight kiloparsec. Um, and I just want to say that the thickness of the disk is, is less than, than one kiloparsec. It's around 300 to 400 parsec. And these are a lot of numbers, but really what is important here is that it's very thin, the galaxy, and it's, it's very big, the galaxy. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about how our galaxy is, is moving around. Um, so the entire disk rotates roughly with 200 kilometers per second. Um, so please hang on, it's going very, very fast around the center of the galaxy. And the sun orbits uh, takes around 250 million years. And if you remember from earlier, since the sun is four and a half billion years, we have been going around for 18 times now. So you could say that the, the sun is, is just a teenager now, it's 18 years old. Um, the mass of the disk where our sun is, is around 60 uh, billion solar masses, while the bulge is, is slightly smaller, at around 20 billion solar masses. Um, and we see that the stars further uh, away uh, than, than us, but still in the galaxy, they are moving much far, uh, faster around the galaxy than they're supposed to. Uh, we see how much mass there is, and this is what keeps the, the stars in, in orbit, and they're just moving too fast. Um, but we can see what it is. We can see all the gas, we can account for that, all the stars and so on, but there's something extra. And this something extra that makes sure that the stars can go around so fast, it's, it's what we call dark matter. And it's dark uh, matter because it has gravity, that's why we call it matter. And we say it's dark because it doesn't, it doesn't work with light. It's, it's, just, it's just there and we don't know what it is. So it's very fascinating. I, I'm sure that many of you have heard about dark matter in, in the past. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's had some headlines recently too, like probably in the last 12 to 24 months. Uh, I think it's it's been something that some of the media agencies have um, 
I guess, sort of promoted as well. So uh, it's an interesting topic. And I think that, you know, it's interesting because there's a lot of science being done there and, and new understandings. Exactly. There, there's a huge potential for new discoveries here. Mm. Uh, basically, we have ideas of what it, it could be, but we have no clear evidence of what it actually is. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very fascinating what that, that could be. Um, and then I want to conclude my little talk about uh, the Milky Way with, with some extra numbers uh, showing how, how huge it is. Um, in our neighborhood, there is roughly one star per 10 cubic parsec. So you have to travel a huge amount of distance in, in average to, to hit another star. Um, and a star is, is so incredibly small um, compared to the sizes of, of the galaxy. Um, so most of a galaxy is, is just not stars. It's, it's gas and probably dark matter and, and nothingness uh, out there. Um, yeah, that is our Milky Way. Hmm. You know, it, it, again, we, we started this episode talking a little bit about scale and, and context and to hear how large the Milky Way is, but then also to go back to the statement that it's a typical galaxy. <laughs> it just, it's hard for my brain to understand all of these scales because it is just so massive, but so interesting. I promise you, you are not alone. And <laughs> I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess uh, maybe move into some other galaxies. Uh, Chris, I think you wrote something here about Herschel. Yeah, I recall William Herschel found many of the galaxies back in the uh, late 1700s, early 1800s. Uh, but up to a certain time, they, they were always just referred to as the spiral nebulae thinking perhaps they were a different classification of, of nebulae, perhaps representing part of star formation. And uh, eventually it was discovered that, that that wasn't true necessarily. So maybe Daniel, start with uh, talking about uh, the, the discoveries around what uh, galaxy's true nature actually was. Yes, it's it's true. I, I don't know all the details in the, in the history. Um... But it's it's true that we have seen galaxies for for many probably hundreds of, of years without really understanding what it is, um, because we didn't imagine that there was anything else beyond the Milky Way. We're just looking at at things and thinking, ah, that's probably just right over there, part of the Milky Way. Yeah. Why should it be anything else? Um, so at some point we start to understand the distances to other stars in in our Milky Way. And it's only when we start to understand the distances to, to some of these other objects that they were just so far away that it, it must be another galaxy by, by itself. And many of these discoveries were in the 1920s where Edwin Hubble uses a 100-inch telescope at Mount Wilson which is uh, slightly bigger than the telescopes that we are usually using. <laughs> uh, but his mount is also an entire mountain. Mm. Um, and he measured the distances to many of these, what he thought were nebulas, uh, 
using a kind of stars that are called the CIFRATE uh, variables. And he saw that he looked at the Andromeda, what was called Nebula back then, and saw it, it was 300 kiloparsec away, which is much further away than anything measured here in, in our galaxy. So it must be a galaxy by, by itself. And now we know he actually didn't put it far enough away. It's around 800 kiloparsec um, away. Um, and Hubble did this exercise for many of the other nebulas and saw that there were galaxies. And he starts to also classify them. And this is a classification we still use today, where we have uh, spiral galaxies, elliptical galaxies, lenticulous galaxies, and irregulars, which are kind of the, the leftovers. I think it was uh, one of the things that, that I've seen in a lot of the recent publications is that they're putting uh, Henrietta Swan Levitt's uh, law ahead of uh, Hubble because I think I think it was her law that uh, that he used in order to discover those those stars to to map the distance. I, I just think that's an interesting sort of correction to uh, to history. I was listening to this book on uh, on audio about some of the uh, early classification of of stars and the work of Annie Jump Cannon and uh, Henrietta Swan Levitt. Uh, I think we talked about that in one of the other episodes. I won't go into it here, but uh, maybe we can just uh, jump down the Hubble tuning fork diagram of galaxy classifications. Yeah, like the spirals and and the ellipticals and lenticulars and and everything else. Do you want to just start with the spiral galaxies? Because I think the Milky Way galaxy is a spiral galaxy, probably, isn't it? Yeah, um, at least uh, the spiral galaxies are. Uh, what we often think about if we think about galaxies. And if I ask anyone to draw a galaxy, they would probably draw a spiral galaxy. Um, so the spiral galaxies, they, are, they really have the prominent spiral arms, which mostly consist of uh, hot and young OB stars. These are the, the hottest ones. Um, and in these arms, there are a lot of, of, uh, of gas that keeps keeps the stellar birth going on uh, for a long time. That's why the, the spiral arms itself look so prominent. And in the center, it can either have just uh, this uh, bulge, but sometimes it also have kind of a, a bar. Um, so you have like a bar spiral galaxy. And we classify them um, as SA, SB, SC, or SD where S of course stands for, for spiral. And then the A to D, it, uh, it is a measure of, of how tight the spiral arms are, uh, are in, in the galaxy. And if there is a, a bar, as I, I just mentioned, we would call it something like an SB for bar and then A. And then the A is the, is the tightness of the, of the spiral arms. And our Milky Way, as I said, is very difficult because we are in the middle of it. So I have to imagine what is the color of my house, but I'm sitting inside of it uh, kind of scenario. But we would probably be a SB or SC galaxy. And probably the most famous spiral galaxy that is not the Milky Way is the Andromeda, which is an SB galaxy. How about elliptical galaxies? 
yeah, elliptical galaxies, they are a different kind. Um, they are often much more smooth and round and lack a lot of features that we see in the spiral galaxies. Um, they don't have a lot of gas, so they are, there are not many of these young blue, very hot stars. Um, the biggest ones, they are called uh, CD galaxies and they shine brighter than the Milky Way with a few hundred times. Uh, is they are, some of these elliptical galaxies, they are, they are huge. Um, and usually when we have a, a cluster of galaxies, just like we have a cluster of stars, we also have clusters of galaxies and we are also part of it. Uh, in the center, we often have these huge elliptical galaxies, the, the biggest ones, uh, which is normal as you think about it. They are the biggest one. They have the largest gravities, everything revolves, uh, uh, revolves around them. Um, some though are, are much smaller, like some of the satellite uh, galaxies to the Andromeda. Uh, for example, NGC 147 or M32. And these can be as faint as maybe a tenth of, of, the, of the Milky Way. Um, and then there are different classification for these. Uh, the biggest one are the CD. And then we have uh, the, just a, a capital E for elliptical. And we have dwarf elliptical and dwarf spherical, um, which are also elliptical galaxies. One of my favorite types of galaxy is the lenticulars. But what, what are these lenticulars though? They, they do look quite a bit different. Yes, uh, to be completely honest, I it's not the kind of galaxy I, I know most about. So if you know something extra, please, please <laughs> jump in. <laughs> but they also have a, a rotating disc like a spiral galaxy. They just don't have any arms. And um, um, the central elliptical bulge is, is like elliptical galaxies. So it's, it's something in between the two of a spiral galaxy and elliptical galaxy, and they are classified as an S0. Irregular galaxies. Now, these ones are interesting because from what I recall, just when the Hubble Space Telescope first started sending in images back in the 90s, I remember it started finding a lot of these irregular galaxies. And I think Part of the backstory on that was that it seemed like almost any galaxy that they pointed the Hubble at that was really faint had a sort of a different pattern to it. But maybe you can just tell us a little bit about the irregulars. Yeah, the irregulars, a little bit what the name suggests. It's it's kind of anything that doesn't fit the any of the above. Um, so there is no discerning structure like spirals or it's not smooth and featureless like elliptical galaxies is something in between. Um, for example, our own satellite galaxies, the small and large Magellanic cloud, uh, which you can see from the southern hemisphere, are irre irregular galaxies. Often they're, they're smaller. Um, when they're smaller, they don't have the gravity to form these kind of structures. And it might be important to say that when we look at the galaxies throughout the, the universe, 
around 70% of them are, are spiral galaxies. So they are the largest amount, um, while around 30 of them are elliptical or lenticular galaxies. And then just the rest, um, maybe around 3% are irregular galaxies. So it's just a small part. I was just looking at the one you put in as an example, that uh, NGC 4449, and a regular yeah. one up in Canis Benetici. I think that one is tough to hunt down for some reason. Yeah, maybe my example is not the best one, but it was in the book about galaxies that I, I took out from the shelf. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, very good. I think I remember I hunted that one down last summer, now that I think about it, and... It was a little tough in my five inch, but it, it didn't seem much better in the 12 inch either. Anyway, merging galaxies at some point in the future, I think the Andromeda galaxy and the Milky Way galaxy are going to come together. But I think that's after our sun turns into a planetary nebula itself. But uh, maybe you can just talk a little bit about the future of galaxies and merging of galaxies before we conclude. Yes, I I think those are amazing. I will... I would love to be around when when the Andromeda galaxy gets close enough, at least so close that you can easily see it on the on the night sky with mm-hmm. unaided. Um, but yes, it, it is as it it sounds like. Um, it is when two galaxies are on collision, um, and they will simply be be merging. And um, what happens is that, as I talked about in the Milky Way, that the stars fill so little of the space in, in a galaxy, the stars are actually not going to hit into each other and create this huge explosion that one might think. What happened is that all the gas are going to collide. And when the gas are colliding, we have a lot of star formation because the gas is compressed and will form a huge amount of stars. And it can be really, really beautiful to, to see. And one of the best examples is also one of my favorite galaxies to look at which I saw just a few months ago for the first time in, in my telescope, um, M82, the, the Cigar Galaxy, which is amazing. These uh, are two galaxies that have collided. And if you go and have a look at M82 on, uh, in, in, on a color photo, you'll see that there is a lot of blue light there. Mm-hmm. And these are from the young and hot stars being, being formed there. In this, uh, we call it a starburst galaxy when so many stars are being born at the same time. Well, Daniel, do you have any other final thoughts on galaxies to share with listeners before we conclude? No, I, I just find them fascinating. And to understand what are in galaxies, it, it's, it's really interesting, I think. Excellent. And Shane, how about yourself? Do you have anything to add? No, this is, this is really neat. Um, Chris, I don't think you and I have spent a lot of time in the past talking about the different galaxy classifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really neat to dive into some of these. And, uh, you know, I think this even creates some potential future episodes of just focusing in on some of these maybe lesser discussed types of galaxies like the lenticulars or the irregulars, because um, uh, they're very, they're very neat, very, uh, uh, very interesting. So uh, this has been great. Really appreciate it, Daniel. Yeah, I, I liked it as well. <laughs> and you you got Shane thinking of his humidor there with the cigar galaxy. <laughs> humidors to the left. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. 
All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can always reach us with your show ideas, observations, or questions at actualastronomy at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com.